Recording engaged. So uh, we're, we're we haven't we haven't actually podcasted in two months. I yeah. want to say because yeah. we did we we've been doing some football announcing, um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know a lot of that's my fault because I went away. A lot of that's your computer fault, computer's fault that's because right. it died pretty pretty early on in September. That yes. took time to to bring it back from the dead. Then then I went away. Europe to be with the French people. That was a three-week excursion through France, and then uh, I came back. I had the flu for a week. We did Delightful. the Thursday night game, and and then here we are that, Sunday night. Yeah, that Monday would, night. Uh, it was Monday, September twelfth, when we did a stream. Uh, I've, I've done some digging recently. Um, before the show here this evening, about two days after that, the 14th is Wednesday, middle of September. Um, we were making comments about enjoying the stream, having a good time, having done it. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, relishing in our bold predictions that did come true. Uh, just our excellent play calling and uh, all around streaming quality. And then I think it was shortly after that, that the epic crash of 2022 happened. My computer went down, went down hard. Luckily, you were there. Well, at to... first, I was just annoyed by the whole situation. And, yes. Like, didn't take it seriously. But then I realized I had to step up and contribute to the situation. And fortunately, we were able to teach the computer a lesson about how to function properly. And you haven't had any problems so far, I think, right? We've resurrected it back to life. It's It mm-hmm. came to us already a bit of a Frankenstein. Now, we did have a moment where we tried to just return it to Amazon. They were basically like, no, you got to return it to Dell. And then Dell's like, no, you got to return it to where you bought it from. Actually, hold on. What's the serial number? Let me look this up. Oh, that computer, too old. We wouldn't even be able to do shit if you did buy it from us. And finding, but the they solution. just don't know what they're doing. They just don't know what they're doing. Like they don't want to give you the actual fix. They just want to tell you a bunch of shit. That's there's just a lot not of things. I think time. there's a lot of things. I think that are easy to return off of Amazon, but this was not one of them. Yeah, a, a seven year old computer that you mm. bought refurbished mm-hmm. from some parts dealer. The whole thing is an act in faith, a, a full step forward in trusting a friend. It's beautiful, though. We've created some very beautiful moments on this show. As we retrospectively go through the past month, uh, I think I did go a good amount of time, maybe even a week without having the computer. I went through heavy withdrawals. I uh, had to relearn basically how to ride a bike again. It was like I needed a a van that you steer with your mouth. 
I was uh, completely paralyzed from head to toe as a creative and as a podman. Um, it, it really set us back. It set myself back. And I began to look into this. Now, is it possible that we've always been silenced by big tech? Yeah. Is it possible there's some interference with other nations' intelligence wanting to silence us? Is it possible that, I, I'm just going to say this could be the Chinese. After us, For sure. this was, my friend in India told me that my device was indeed a Chinese computer. And at that point, all I had to do was just work backwards from that point, and I could create my necessary story to tell myself where and what this computer came from or why the computer that came from where it came from ended up in my office, in my studio, and how, who might have had an interaction with stealing all of our great work as a production company and a uh, radio podcasting broadcast operation. Moving into October, we have, again, Lee was gone, out of the country, special assignment. My schedule was jam-packed also. I also did get sick myself during that month, during this past month in October, I should say. And I'd like to note how uh, punished I've been from uh, flu-like symptoms and just common cold and allergies. And I'd like to just state that, that I... Um, I've been overcoming those also recently. Does my brain feel more in a fog than normal? Yes, it does. I think you just need to shake the cobwebs out. It's been a long time. You know, you, you, you got to go through the process of just kind of talking a lot. It's like starting up an old crank. <clears throat> and, I, and I'm the mower. same way. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, you're pulling that thing. And... It's been in the shed for yeah. way too many months straight. <laughs> You got away with a nice couple months of no growth on the yard. And uh, you, you you were able to just, you know, park it for a while. You did not drain any of the fluids like you should have done for winterizing it as you knew you'd be, stop using it. You never did buy the electric battery powered one because you thought that shit's for pussies. And now you're stuck with a little uh, small engine that won't turn over. Um, and our listeners, this is your fault too. There could have been larger contributions to our Patreon um, or any. Did I, did I tell you this? Um, their uh, refinery workers went on strike. So like people, people, you, you know, you got to when a country receives shipments of gasoline, it's not already ready to just put in your car. I mean, it's 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 crude oil. They have to actually refine that into gasoline you can use and pump in your vehicle. Um, and, and you have to have certain facilities to do that. And the people who actually run those facilities um, all went on strike. So Ooh. about 60% of the gasoline that should have been available for Paris and the northern area was suddenly not available. Um, and it was a... Uh, a union that was a communist union, but there, but it made sense because the profitability of these companies has been extraordinary. And the inflation rate in France is like 12% annually right now. So they're, they basically say, Hey, we want like 5% more money to even get back to like half of 
you know, what we've lost over the past year. And uh, these these large uh, corporations told them to get fucked and to die. Uh, And basically what happened. So there were lines, you know, most gas stations closed the line, the gas stations that did have gas had lines, I think, two to three hours long, uh, basically to put down the strike. Could you please stop that? Or they they ordered them back to work, which means that they could send the army to get these people who were, you know, picketing outside of the entrances to these refineries to just like clear the streets and get them away. And to bring in foreign workers, you know, they've hired people from who knows where to work the refineries. Uh, yeah, I think it, I it did hear pretty- about this. It would be a pretty lame time to be doing your summering and your traveling. So they had ordered the strike broken up, but they actually, the government didn't really do anything to actually make that happen. Most of the strikes have um, ran out of steam, they're saying, because mm-hmm. like you can fuck with a lot of people's stuff, but you can't fuck with their gasoline. Like they, it's, it's very hard if, even if you're a worker, it's very hard to have solidarity with the people who are making it so that you can't like get gasoline to bring your family to like yeah. get groceries or something, you know, <laughs> like the solidarity yeah. of labor starts running out really quickly in those situations. You get what I mean? It, yeah. It's one of the biggest reasons in our beautiful nation that we haven't really come close to touching that level of um, seriousness because it would be hard to really uh, gather that kind of support and uh, solidarity. But also how our unions are structured as a country, corporations are, are allowed essentially to have their stores or their plants or their centers of labor. If the employees at that actual address want to unionize, it's just gonna be for that address. And I think in France, and Germany and a couple other, you know, Southern or Western Europe uh, nations, instead of that being the confining box for the employees that want to unionize, the bargaining and negotiating is not just done at each physical location. It's done across the entire sector of industry. So, Well, in France, this union, the CGT union is for like, all many industries it even transcends industries like the main striking group is a union of workers across refinery driver i mean they they do a lot they're all over the place the only way to be effective is to have that level of support you would need to be industry-wide um an umbrella of multiple industries maybe to have enough leverage to have enough people involved to go through with the strike. And it's something that we don't really see here. And most Americans are removed from understanding what's happening or when it's time to negotiate on a new contract. The bigger unions in this country, the Teamsters for UPS have negotiations coming up, I think, for the next calendar year, for several calendar years. There's been a lot of conversation about how UPS workers could be striking for the first time in like a long time. Uh, well, but in, in France, they go on strike literally all the yeah. fucking time. Yeah. All the time. Constantly. It's to the point where it's it, it tips the balance the other way because 
in like in this case in particular, no one is down with a strike that removes their ability to get gasoline for their car. No, nobody, nobody. Like it fucks everyone up so bad. Like you can strike, yeah. you can you can have like strikes where oh you know we work uh you know we're not going to make any more cars or something. We're not going to make any more. Like okay, we can live without that for like a month. All right, good luck with your labor demands. But when you when you suddenly put three out of every five gas stations out when there's only two gas stations to you know 20 40 percent of the gas stations left that have gasoline it affects everyone and whether someone is very socialist even communist that starts hitting them almost immediately in their livelihood they you know you have guys like drivers private drivers taxi drivers who couldn't like do their work people couldn't get groceries they couldn't do like basic things that they needed to do in their life so again the, the whatever the people do for this group yeah we, we just are... went down so fast yeah i mean they they had no support from anyone everyone hated this group um that was doing the striking so apparently all the striking is done except there's about there's still about one in five uh gas stations in france are are struggling with shortages and because this strike has been going on for a month now um but yeah they they struck a wage agreement with the majority so the the big uh, total energies which is the big company that owns a lot of these refineries uh gave the um workers a pay raise of seven percent next year and the hardline left cgt union asked for ten percent and did not approve the agreement but they understand they can't really continue to strike anymore it's uh it's basically done so you would say it is something running out of steam and it's on the mend the the production is on its way back to where yeah it's coming back again you can't yeah you can't uh fuck with people's oil for too long they're not gonna because then just yeah you have no support how would that Uh, how would that go down here just 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 to yeah what would go down here is that you know people would start shooting uh (laughs) I had no choice. Um, I had I couldn't get to Wendy's. I didn't know what to do. I started just killing people in the road and taking their cars, <laughs> doing what GTA taught us. But people struggle. Yeah. There's another article here on France 24 about another like thousands of people striking in France um, last week, just because like they they strike constantly transportation industry teachers workers have been striking in the nuclear power sector like they just strike everywhere it seems chaotic hopefully it is. It is. hopefully they're making ground they're not they're not i mean <laughs> just across they're really the not well we can hope that the the average citizen will get a better uh seat at the table for negotiating their terms of work when they go show up for work if the french can't do it um i guess we're we're left to depend on uh us and the world has always depended on the usa for leadership and times of need um we're a nation of freedom and liberty if you don't know what that means just go back to your refinery stricken stroked out uh labor force in europe and yeah you know people bitch about the u.s but hey you're always gonna you know Walk there's never been a situation where you didn't have gas because 
people were on strike. You know, that's that'll never happen in the United States. It probably will never happen. There's like no real way for it to happen. We are also insanely more dependent on our vehicles getting us around. It wouldn't be hard. People to have a lot of cars in France too. I mean, but it's it's the buses. It's like they had to shut down some buses. Like it affects everything because if you don't have gas, your public transportation gets fucked up too. The um, what percentage the, the of French, the French? The French. A lot of the striking is because France wants to increase its retirement age. So, so a lot of people don't know, but in Europe, you have like a mandatory retirement age where basically, um, so, uh, when you work in a socialized country like France, you know, Israel, which I know, which I lived in for many years, Germany, it, you, you have to contribute to a pension. It's mandatory. It's not like in the U S where, yeah, you paid to social security. Uh, yeah, you pay Social Security in these countries, but you also have to pay to pension. And, and it also is required of the employer to match those contributions, which is great. Um, and then they have, so basically you have a pension that you pay towards, you pay towards your pension. It builds up over time. Your employer has to match it. it doesn't matter what job you have. They have to match it. In Israel, it was 6%, which was crazy. Like you, you contribute six percent mandatory to pension, and the employer would match that. So six percent of your salary had to go to pension, mandatory. Um, and I think it's very similar in France. Uh, but it, they they put a like a mandatory retirement age. I think it's it's sixty three years old in France. So you have to stop working at sixty three, and that's when you can start recouping your pension. Maybe you can do it a little earlier than that. But um, what they want to do in France is to actually increase the retirement age by two years. So to make it 65 instead of 63. So you can't get your pension until 65 because people are living longer. The system is kind of eating itself from the inside because there's more people withdrawing than putting money into the system to support it. Um, so uh, like the situation is that people are going nuts because they want to increase the retirement age more for just austerity or, or like fiscal responsibility sake because it, it's no longer sustainable to have it at 63 or 62 or whatever it is so that's a really big issue in france right now is the increase of the retirement age they want to do that here too we well, in the <laughs> states Medicare, you work till you die social security yeah. social security is like on the chopping block right they want that just basically gone it is. It, it can't it fund is, itself anymore. It is. It, it doesn't exist here, right? But it's like six. It's the end of sixty-five. You have to stay through but, the year. So that's the same as sixty-five what, is the first year you're eligible to get it. Okay, which means that. But my parents are like they're waiting longer because they want like a bigger payout. You know, if you wait longer, you can get a bigger payout at at the end. Um, I, I don't think that that but, sounds too unreasonable as a thing to freely want as a citizen of this world, wherever you're living, like it's okay. If you, if you desire that, I think that's probably pretty natural. If you're in a place where trends of life are increasing uh, here that made a U-turn, it's going away. <laughs> the U S uh, life expectancy actually just dropped a bit over the past three years. So that's, that's good. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about even making, maybe even making it to 65. But uh, if you do, it would seem only right for the nation, the, the the land, the community that you live in to like give you assistance so you wouldn't have to work 60 hours a week, 40 hours a week. You could 
just do something like part-time and have like hobbies or something. But some people, uh, if, if you, from the time that you're 16 or 14, you just start working in, in labor, in uh, lizard brain work your whole life, you, uh, you know, you put your head down and you keep going. You might bring your head up for a little while to say that no one wants to work anymore. And then just, you keep working. You got your head down. Um, 50, 45 years later, whatever the math is to get to that retirement age around 65. Uh, you then say to yourself, if I stop, I will blow my head off. I will have nothing to do. I don't know who I am. I must keep doing the thing that I've always done. Um, or I will maybe take out my confusion and my rage on loved ones around me in my home. I don't need any more domestic violence charges. And you get you, you get to a situation where maybe your job is comfortable. Maybe you have the best position because of your seniority. And then there's like a compounding double-edged reason like why you wouldn't stop because now you got the best position because of how long that you've been in that job so you get paid the best for doing the least amount of work and instead of that position being open to someone younger you're just going to sit on it until you die and that's going to be your life and i guess that's that's not a bad option considering what other options that we have as americans but I think everyone will have like the possibility that when they get to that age, when they get to retirement age, if they want to keep working, they should be allowed to do that. But if they had developed sense of self and hobby and family and maybe something that they wanted to pursue creatively, if they wanted to take a turn towards that, I think that they should have that ability to collect from what they've put in, but also from what they produced the problem in France is that the model is no is no not sustainable. I get I get what you're saying, but the model is not sustainable. Like they they have to keep in so uh, uh, twelve years ago the retirement age was sixty. And I'm not now speaking for France by any means. I'm not speaking uh, just any anything besides just like the in general um, you know position, uh, but not yeah. I, I believe you about this specific to France thing. Sorry. Well, there a lot of them aren't sustainable. Yeah, our social security probably isn't sustainable because you have too many people who are drawing on the system than people contributing in. Like the the contribute, it's a it's a Ponzi scheme. Like the contributions you make to those systems uh, go and pay for other people's benefits, right? And then the idea is that when you're that age, young people will be paying money into the system. They won't be able to take it out, or if they take it out, there's a huge penalty. And uh, they'll use that money to pay you. And the longer you live, the more money they're going to need to extract from the young worker to provide you as a retired person, right? Like your your benefit can't just end because you're 90 years old. Like it has to keep going, right? Like those pen those retirement ages came into effect when people, you know, live to like 72 years old on average. Now the 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 life expectancy is almost 80, something like that. It's just, it's a huge amount of time to pay people out on. So you have more people extracting resource from the system than putting in. Plus you have the, yeah, and, and that's because demographically, you just have so many baby boomers. It's the same, like in the States, the baby boomer generation is just so huge. So many fucking people. And 
the in France it's very similar. Like there's just not a lot of people. There's not enough people contributing into the system for that many people to extract money from it for that long. Um, that it, it, they they look at it. The numbers are simple. You put you're putting in ten dollars, and people are extracting twelve dollars every year. So how long can that last for? Well, apparently not very long. So they either increase their time and age or their social security collapses. When would you say this took a turn uh, in France to 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 get us to where it is here? Would you say this it was always doomed? Was there a, a certain point um, that this happened with the the French, where things began to? Uh, destabilize was it the um, uh the baby boom um brought on by uh industrialized post-war revolutions was it like conditions yeah that made definitely it the, that, that think about it think about it. think about like when were the most people born like you know what what range of years was that let's say it was like 19 45 to 1955 right that's like a huge population of people and so 60 years after 1945 is 2005 all right just here i'm looking at 2010 they had to increase the age from 60 to 62 so that means that around 2010 they started realizing like hey we have a serious issue now we're 12 years after that and now we're realizing we have an even more serious issue because these people just haven't died they keep taking benefits keep taking benefits and there's there's uh you know even boomers who are born um in the 60s uh, late 50s six early 60s are now just hitting that age uh, mm -hmm. of retirement uh like someone born yeah. in 1960 again still in the kind of that baby boom era just hitting retirement age now so it's been like 17 18 years of just a huge population of old people that <laughs> they contributed yes but their a lot of their contributions went to their parents and their grandparents so the system was you know working really well then but over the past let's say 20 years you know there's been a negative balance basically that it's been a deficit not enough coming in that uh, compared to what's going out so it, it really is a result of that. And the amount of people, you know, especially in Europe, like what's the, the, the birth rate is like 1.2. Like it, it's lower than replacement or something like this. It's like 2.1 or something. I, it's a, it's for every two people, 2.1 or 1.9 people are coming in. So it's just going to get worse and worse because population growth is slowing down. That's why Elon Musk is always talking about, oh, you know, the biggest problem hitting us. Like, that's why he's always joking about him having like fucking 50 kids because you know, population growth, population, lack of people. And you see it when you go to your CVS and Walmart, those places that used to be open 24-7. It's just a lack of people a lot of times Yeah, um, as well, you know? So I think um, we've talked about this on the show. Um, there is the drop in birth rate here that hit and it would it coincides with the demographic of teenage years that would have been entering the workforce circa 2020 around this time also the same time that covid hit which um was just a real wild card on top of um things already getting to a point that we're fucking with the system like 
fucking with the the natural order of our American system. So for France, conditions would be similar if they if they too have seen a drop in birth rate. But I think specifically during the OOs, old millennials like ourselves, elder millennials, elder elder millennials like ourselves, the the time that we would have been spawning if we had you know, if we were procreating at the same rate as our parents' generation or the, the same rate as our grandparents' generation, mm-hmm. which would have been, you know, on average, pretty fucking young, that mass of population never happened in this country, which means that there's, like, less off children because there's a, a, an entire generation that witnessed what would happen if you weren't prepared to have a child and we've only seen material conditions get worse. And if you're already coming from a marginalized neighborhood, community or household during the time of our generation, you would notice, yeah, material conditions on average in this country have not gotten better. Individually, it could vary for sure. Those that had the means could continue the dream, but those that didn't were not going to put themselves into that situation for the first time ever in this country it was almost a generation to be self-aware of this topic and then what we see from that self-awareness could it could be less self-awareness and just just conditions alone could have gotten to this point what we see is a plummet of birth rate now this uh confusing topic or it's layered, it's complex, because population will continue to grow. Even with the birth rate plunge, the dip, the drop-off, it it could still be dropping off, it could have stabilized, but there was that significant drop-off. We could, we're still, as a country, going to grow in numbers, but at the same rate, needed to keep alive the system, it did not happen. And we've just kind of been in this free-fall sense, and there was... A, a lot of conversation that said no one's having kids anymore. And then that topic was dropped. And then it turned into a similar spectrum saying no one wants to work anymore, but no one's wanting to connect anymore is what I'm saying. Where did mm. where those, if I would have had a kid when I was 20, it'd be 16 and it'd be looking for a job because it would have a father that couldn't provide for it enough to have like cool stuff. So there's right. this, that, that's the average of what would have happened. And that's, uh, it didn't happen in the same numbers. So there isn't the same need for children. They're possibly, um, yeah, of course, any, any 16 year old could get a job anywhere now because those jobs are needed. People need to fill those shoes and the more marginalized the community uh, the more that the child might come from a household whose parents are both working or it's a single family household and they are not going to have the same kind of money to go to like the movies and shit or whatever teenagers do on the weekends. Uh, they're going to be wanting to get a job, but they're not going to have the same ability to get to jobs because cities are less and less walkable by design and those poor areas don't have sidewalks on the roads. There are just 
uh, expressway. I, I think and, people haven't really noticed that. You know, if you haven't been in the hood in a while, like you, like you don't realize designs. that those places don't have fucking si even sidewalks. You like, if you don't drive a car, you, 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 there's nothing to do. And it's now more than ever more expensive to have your own vehicle. And then, and so you're just going to have people like that are going to try this. They're going to they're going to try their entire like uh, time as a youth. They're going to keep battling all these steps that are exponentially more expensive than previous generations saw. They did not see the cost of gasoline this high for this length of time. They did not see the cost of material commodities just yeah, continue dude, if, to jack up if i was a college student at this time i have no idea what i would have done i don't even know i don't even know so most, I, I have no idea it, it wouldn't be surprising that you see just like most college students are just essentially taken care of because that's the only way you could do it and more than I was ever talking, no but like you know around so in in boca here you know there's fau florida atlantic which is a big public florida school and you're, you know, when you're out of out at a bar or something, a lot of the times the bartender bar back probably goes to FAU, um, especially like in the area in around my my area. A lot of the the bars, um, which are nice, you know, nice places, but it's all college students that work there, and obviously they're working there uh, to to try to make it make it work out. And I asked them like, how do you even how do you even live here? Like, what? How do you even? I remember when we were living together in college, what was our rent? Like $300 a month, yeah. $350 yeah. a month, something like that. You know, these kids have to pay rent of like $1,100 a month, you know, yeah. At, they don't have, they don't, they don't have any fucking prospects to do that. And most parents can't fucking subsidize that shit. I mean, yeah. So like, obviously you see like, you know, the college student driving around in a Porsche and everything, but most of the time, that's just not the case. And um, the the situation with them, and I asked them about it, is just how are you doing it? How are you managing it? And they're just like, we don't even know. We like everything has to be split a couple ways. We, the, it's just exponentially harder for them um, in this country now. And uh, I, I would be really surprised to see, you know, college enrollment. I wouldn't be surprised to see college enrollments kind of take a tumble just because of how hard it is to, like, be a student. Um, because there's a big difference by to having to make a $300 a month rent payment to a $1,200 a month rent payment and not a whole lot of, you know, there's not a whole lot of time that has passed between that. Any time that great jumps and costs happened it was gradual it was more foreseeable what happened in the past 15 <sighs> years happened like kind of without warning now we were all witnessing we we're all uh living our lives and seeing prices and and sectors and on from, commodities from 2006 7 to like yeah. 2020 everything kind of functioned pretty normally yeah, <laughs> after that drop, right? Like, uh, things things were pretty much the same. Like, you felt like you understood how much money was worth and how much houses were. Like, you felt really comfortable with all of that. There was and there's I, a bit of of like knowing, right? But my my point is like during previous generations, you could kind of have a buffer to adjust for the rising costs of living.
It happened pretty damn quick in recent life. So anyone that is a, of a youth age, that is of that like leaving high school and into college age over the past few years, during the next couple of years, saw just like drastic upward costs, booming, Oof. soaring um, things that we got a bit more chance to react to, but it still was super heavy. Like with the 2008 recession, it was super heavy to adjust to things already becoming more and more austere for the, the not so great off for the middle class. And as that separation just continued, then get, of course, getting into like pandemic time recession of the past couple of years. Yeah. I, I absolutely feel bad for younger people that are trying to, to do something. And I remember myself, like I still 100% believed in the, the, the concept of we live in a, a, a sound meritocracy. We lived in a sealed off from uh, harm economy that would pan out for those that put in the work. And if you don't gain that foothold of the work that you put in at any point over your first few decades on this planet, there becomes a point where you're faced, because life is long and dark and the nights are cold sometimes, <laughs> in between those sunny moments, there's plenty of time to consider, is any of this worth it to keep going and possibly some of the mm -hmm. the the fear and uh, agitation in certain communities of this country to uh, be concerned that quote nobody wants to work anymore possibly we're just seeing that not giving a fuck mentality at a younger and younger age and we acknowledge that all the tools are at our disposal to see a world around us that is actually pretty tough for those that are coming from marginalized positions in life, uh, homes or, or neighborhoods. I, I just, I just want to say in general, one thing in that after go, being in Europe, like Europe is way worse off than, than the U S like the, they're so fucked when it comes to energy right now, you know, you they have to everything there is done with natural gas and in western europe they don't produce their own energy they've relied up they keep removing their nuclear power plants and relying more and more and more on russian gas and now they have to say now they can't use that anymore so they don't have energy uh they're they're running into severe energy shortages the government has to subsidize their energy bills because otherwise they'd be paying like 400 euro a month mm. in like electric bills. So the government yeah. has to subsidize everyone's energy bill, like 50% of it. And that's what, what's happening is that the governments are just printing euros. And as an American going to Europe now, this year, everything just felt really cheap. It, it felt for the first time, like the euro just didn't mean shit. The euro um, and the dollar did change recently, right? Yeah, it used yeah. to be the euro used to be like ten percent, twenty, ten percent, twenty percent more than the dollar. Now it's yeah. equal and even a little bit lower. Uh, same thing with the pound. Same mm. thing with the pound. So, uh, despite the challenges we may have here in America, um, the challenges in Europe are really serious. 
really, really serious because you know, you think if we didn't have electricity, the government's going to start footing the bill. Uh, I don't think so, bro. But they have to because their people just can't handle 400 euro. Most people can't handle a $400 electric bill. Imagine your, your electric bill going up to $400 a month just to just to heat your home like for one month. Um, it's out of control. So they're in real trouble in Europe. It's not just, and, and then you throw in all the strikes, all the other bullshit that's going on. Um, my my wife's dad, who who's lived in Paris his whole life, he's, he tells me a lot, like how amazing Paris was, the best city in the world. Um, and now he's really happy that uh, his daughter and grandkids live in the States. That's his position. So... Um, maybe, I mean, the French in general are kind of negative. Sounds like, like that, that conversation that. could be, could have been a lot worse. His, what he could have said there. <laughs> Paris was a really good place. And now. Until all the, well, he did say some of that, but I'm, I'm going to keep that out of the conversation for now. Um, um, we can, we, and that's something that American, uh, millennials like French millennials can, um, also relate with. Um, having parents with racist tendencies. And I think that's a thing that can unite all millennials across the world, having parents with racist ideas. So I do have to say that what was described on the front of like Europe kind of being in the shitter and making just, um, you know, no real signs of thriving is something that Americans might not realize. And I'm, I'm telling speaking, you, we're doing great in this country yeah. compared to, to Europe. I'm, I'm really telling you, like, you, <laughs> yes, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's just two different trajectories right now. Okay. Counterpoint time. With that sentiment, I'd like to highlight, I want to point out. That is the thing that's always been said about the U.S. And if you look about conditions for those in stable employment making above average, it's never been a better time to be an American because with mm, money in the bank, with... No, I mean, I really disagree with, with work, that. I mean, it's, it's, really, it's still really hard. Okay. It's not like it was okay. in the... 60s, 70s, even 80s, people had so much money actually meant something. Money actually meant something to people. Like now it doesn't, now money is like, it, it has no value. It has no meaning. It, it doesn't, you get it and it just goes because everything's so expensive because money doesn't mean anything anymore. It's completely different than it was 30, 40 years ago. Um, even one in the 90s. approach, one approach lee we're describing one approach and in this one approach in this western american hegemonic mindset approach you are correct but what i'd like to discuss with this being said with that idea with a um traditionalist point of view that what we have here is much better and then also acknowledging it in modern existence in the now, discussing right now, you were there. You've seen it with your own eyes, and you've seen it multiple times because you're a distinguished, well-traveled, well handsome gentleman with great accents and multiple language knowledge. 
your experience bringing you to that very much accurate description is not wrong. But what's not considered in this block of thinking is that if you're someone who is struggling, if you're someone that's not networked, if you're someone with no generational wealth, your option as an American is just to work seven days a week. And in that, yeah, in no, that world, no, look, you become more all, alienated. And in that alienated existence, I, I know, I your know will to keep going. going. If your will to keep going is at least brought in. You're going. If you're willing. And the uh, conversations me, we've had, the conversations we've had with, with people in France in particular is like, if you're middle class, lower middle class, not, not middle class, if you're lower middle class or poor in the States, uh, your your life is far worse than it could be in a socialized democracy. Far worse in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, because you have a lot of I have a lot of conversations with my wife's family about like the healthcare system and everything, and all of it works really, really well unless you can't afford it, and then you're fucked. So there's just a really solid level of support that that in France the government's going to give you all the time, whether it's the mandatory pension that your employer has to give you or your mandated health insurance or your mandated vacation policy or your mandated, you know, 35 hour work week. All of those things are great for a person who, who uh, is working a, you know, a like an, a, a working person, you know, like that's Retail, doing a trade. Construction, yeah. Everyone has those protections in Europe, but but those protections are really inefficient and costing them a lot of money. And it's causing a ton of problems in their economy and it's killing the growth of their economy. So it's like, you can't have it all. That that's kind of the, that's the message I want to say is that I, I pre, like, I totally understand. And, and we, we had this discussion. I think it was like the exact point I made at, with some of my wife's family in French was like, it's great to be rich in the States, but if you're poor, you might as well be fucking dead. And in France, you you have like a way deeper protection level of your health, of your pension, uh, just of your life, quality of life in general. The, the, the bar is set a little bit higher there than it is here. But on the flip side, again, it limits the growth of the economy. It, it puts them at a lot of risk uh, in the future of their economy not being able to sustain those things. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, you said you said it beautifully. I was in no way um, trying to project um, trope of misaligned youthful uh, ignorance. There is so much subtle nuance and complex layering to our controlling systems and our specific experiences, the grass will always seem greener, right? We'll have opinions about a land over an ocean that are maybe out of date, maybe never happened. We wouldn't know until we were there. As much as we want to like romanticize ourselves or other people, other nations, other cultures, other countries, other cities, there will still be the same type of, uh, you know, storytelling systems that produce fabrications of actual life, actual existence. It seems 
really nice to be able to jump in to the American dream. And I would, I would love to do that. <laughs> I definitely would. It seems pretty nice to theor theoretically live in a city that is the same population as your own city. It's just within a fraction of the size and every corner is reached by train, but like that's not necessarily how things will work. You wouldn't really know until you experience it, but the specifics of day-to-day -day existence, how our system has gotten to the point to where it is comes on the backs of those willing to continue the work. And I love hearing about, well, labor coming together for solidarity and joining forces, but it does not seem like it's a, it's working really well for. No, it's causing sector. huge. No, but it's causing huge social fissures in general, like yeah. e even deeper than, than what we have in the United States. And the, uh, again, uh, retirement the, this, the situation, feeling, Great Britain was like moments away from losing pension for their um, working class, like, like completely off the table. It was, it almost happened. Um, they're, they're a nation that is crumbling. Um, them too, the long... British are, the, the UK is in a horrible situation. They're like in, they're in their third prime minister now in the past like six months. The, the last one lasted six weeks uh, because they, you know, they don't do things. This, this like whole uh, parliamentary democracy thing kind of is a clusterfuck when you like have ser serious issues. No one can actually make decisions in that type of environment. Um, but the, the situation in France, again, if you are poor on or working, what is up my garbage dude and dudettes? Thank you for listening to season two, episode one world premiere. If you like the conversation and you want to hear more, check out our Patreon, the rest of the show you could find there. Be sure to tell your friends about us and force all of your uh, co-workers to download it on their personal devices. Uh, okay, thanks. Thanks.